Talkback Matters from the Salvos. If you asked Susie about her job, you'd never expect the answer that you got back. It involves going into pubs all day, every day, and hanging out and meeting people. Now, that's some job. Susie shares about her job and some of the people that she meets along the way. That's right, yeah, and of course, I mean, I've been doing this job for two and a half years now, so, you know, I walk into pubs and all of the, the patrons there, and... Um, you know, I've had everything from, you know, suicidal housing matters. I'm working with a young guy in prison at the moment. I'm trying to support him. Wow. Um, oh, it's such a variety of problems that I've been faced with. It's amazing. Now, is this nighttime work or daytime or both? Or? It's daytime. I have tried going out at night, but I'll be very honest. At nighttime, you know, the pubs are really busy at night. And that's the time when people don't really want to talk about their problems. You know, there's... They're out there to enjoy themselves. So I did try yeah. a few nights when I gave that away. And also maybe maybe safety-wise it might be a bit scarier too, right? Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't really feel frightened walking into the pubs. But, I mean, through the day they're relatively quiet, but that's the time when, you know, the lonely person sitting there or the guy's, you know, sitting in the corner planning his suicide or whatever. And wow. that's when people tend to talk to me, which... Um, that's what I'm there for. Tell us about that guy. Tell us about that specific episode. Well, you know, this, everybody's got problems. And I'll be honest, um, a, lot of, a lot of the problems are addiction problems. Um, you know, I work from as far north as Narrabeen in the Northern Beaches, as far west as Penrith, and as far south as Wollongong. So the pubs are varied. So, um, you know, suicide is a big problem. As we all know, the rates are getting higher and higher. A lot of it is um, financial problems, addiction problems. Um, you know, that specific guy had, had both, you know, an addiction problem and um, family relationship problems. And they just think that there's no hope. And when you spoke to that guy, do you remember what you said to him? Um, oh, gosh, I'm going back a couple of years ago now. But it's just convincing them that, you know, there is always hope. I mean, you know, you wake up the next day and the sun's shining and, and it's a brand new day the next day. So, you know, people just need to know that there is help out there. You know, I always worry more about guys than women because blokes, they come to the pub to forget about their problems and, you know, they're not going to stand and talk to their friend about things. Whereas women tend to open up more and will talk to their girlfriends if there's anything going on. Yeah. So I do tend to worry more about, about the men, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, the old fashioned thing, it's not macho to cry if you're a real man. And, I, you know, I think that's such a load of rubbish because they have the same emotions and feelings as women. Yeah. And there's a lot of healing in the uh, releasing emotions, isn't there? Of course there is. Of course there is. And, you know, I've, I remember there's a guy in Wollongong, I'm still working with him now. And, and to look at him, you know, he's covered head to toe in tattoos and the big, rough looking guy. And the number of times that he sat crying with me, you know, um, and I keep saying it's a good man that can cry, and it it is healing, Chris. You know, it is healing for them to be able to release all these emotions and things. So, and just tell us briefly, there was an eighty-five-year-old man that you were dealing with. Mm, mm, yeah, a dear old man. He was living in one of the hotel rooms out west, in one of the pubs that I go to, and he'd been there for many years. And um, I'd only just started this role. I'd only been in it a few months. 
And the manager came to me one day and she said, oh, Susie, I'm really concerned about this old gentleman or elderly gentleman that's living upstairs. He's been up there for a number of years, but he's starting to get forgetful. And um, he, you know, he'd been leaving his tap on in the, in the room and flooded the room and whatever, and the staff had gone in and there he was lying on top of his bed, unaware of what was going on. Wow. So I remember the first time I met him, God love him, he, he had sight problems and he sort of put his hands up and said, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. He was a very independent old soul. And he didn't want anything to do with me. I remember that first day. And then I went back a few days later to try and have another conversation with him. And the minute that he heard that I was there to help him, I was there to help him to find other accommodation. That was it, Chris. He'd been wanting to get out of the hotel for a long time, but had no idea how to go about it. Because, yeah. you know, he's on a pension, didn't have much money, etc. So the ball started rolling and I organized an ACAT assessment. So I got somebody in there to do that for him. I had to go and see a lawyer to get a will made out because I was hoping to be able to move him into an aged care facility. And even if you've no money, you still need to have a will. Yeah. Um, so I organised that. And with my connections, I luckily managed to get him a bed in Macquarie Lodge in Arncliffe in Sydney here. Arncliffe. Um, Macquarie Lodge is a Salvation Army HQ facility. Right. And I remember picking him up that day from the pub and his belongings, you know, he got his belongings together and I'm talking about not even filling a suitcase, you know. Yeah. But during that time when I'd been chatting to him, I'd found out that he had children. His wife had left him when the kids were quite young. She left him for another, another man. And... Um, he basically never tried to get in touch with his kids. So it was a really sad setup. So anyway, I got him into Ancliffe, um, Macquarie Lodge, and I continued to visit him regularly. Um, he was loving life. He told me that he used to go to the Salvation Army when he was 19 years of age. Really? So he came back to Jesus again. Wow. He was there. They had chapel twice a week, and he was there twice a week in the front row at the chapel. Um, he just made friends there. He found life. He said, Susie, I'm getting my lovely meals made for me, my washing done. Of course I'm happy. He said, I've never been happier for many years. Wow. And then his birthday came along, and I organized to go there on the Sunday and I presented him with um, a birthday cake, you know, candles. We sang happy birthday, and he'd never had a birthday cake for, oh, gosh, 70 years or something, I think he said to me. And then, unfortunately, Chris, he got ill, and he ended up in St. George Hospital, and I visited him there. He was there for about two weeks. And to this day, I really don't know what the illness was, but, it, you know, he was 86. His body was just giving up, I guess. Yeah. And... I went in this day and the doctor came and chatted with me and said, look, there's nothing we can do for him. And I said, well, to be honest, I know that, you know, he wouldn't want to die here. Is there any chance that we can get him home to Macquarie Lodge? And they agreed to let him go home. And he got home on this Thursday. And I went to visit him there on the Thursday afternoon. And as I was sitting on his bed, he looked at me and he said, you know, Susie, he said, I haven't known you an awful long time, he said, but for the time I've known you, you've been like a daughter to me. Wow. And, oh my goodness, my eyes filled up with tears. 
And then the next day I went up again and he was on, he, he was sound asleep. He couldn't open his eyes. So that was the Friday. And then on the Saturday, lo and behold, I get the phone call. He's passed on. So wow. I did a little memorial service myself and lovely envoy Alan Steen, who is an 86-year-old Salvation Army envoy who's like a mentor to me. And he visits McCoy Lodge every week. Him and I did a memorial service for Percy. So at least I know that he didn't die alone in some, you know, horrible little hotel yeah. room. He had friends around him. He was in a place that he'd come to love. And he died with dignity, which was lovely. Even though I was very upset, I thought, well, I wish he'd had longer to, for him to stay there. But at least, you know, he didn't die alone. And he had come back to Jesus. So I yeah. know exactly where he's gone. He's up, well, he's up looking down on us now. Well, yeah, you restored his eternal future, mm, didn't you? Definitely. You helped to do that. Beautiful, dear old man. He was just lovely. Well, just lovely. Thanks to some good old-fashioned Scottish help. <laughs> That's Susie, a hotel chaplain for the Salvos. Light and life. The Salvos Weekly Radio Show.